Hey, what's up guys? It's Bren here, just checking in. Want to remind everybody to go ahead and check out audibletrial.com forward slash sticker fridge backslash and forward slash are apparently hugely different. It's like apples and oranges, cakes and pies, Apple Jacks and Cheerios. That's how different they are. Well, I guess Apple Jacks and Cheerios aren't that different. But anyway, audibletrial.com forward slash sticker fridge. Uh, anything that you can do. No, well, I mean, a free trial is like really easy to set up. It's not like you're uh, spending money or anything. It's a free trial. But yeah, if you go ahead and do that, get yourself a free audiobook. That will help us out a ton. Um, it, uh, you know, goes towards things like helping us make cool videos, helping us kind of, uh, uh, pay for putting the podcast on, things like that, seeing movies for at least fan films and renting movies for Director Showdown when we have to and things like that. So check it out. Uh, if you can go get a free trial, if you want to get a free book, it's awesome. That helps out a ton. So, without further ado, let's get to Season 2, Episode 1. Hey guys, welcome back to Director Showdown. Season yeah. two. Yeah, we made it. We made yeah. it to season two. Can you believe this? Yeah, we're doing a season two. Yeah, out, out of the, hopefully without with all the wealth of experience from uh, season one with mm-hmm. our low tech technology and evolving to uh, uh, mic mic holder stands. Yeah. Oh, hopefully everything <laughs> sounds. Uh, a lot better this time. Mm. I think uh, season two is going to be really awesome. Mm. Do you want to, uh, yeah, kind of introduce? Yeah, yeah, what's going sure. on? So um, we're changing things up a bit here at Director Showdown. Of course, it wouldn't be a Director Showdown unless uh, Brent and I chose a uh, a director from our own um, personal preferences and face mm-hmm. them off. So that that uh, that's still there. But uh, this season's just a little bit different. We're doing producers now. This season, we're only <laughs> producer doing producers. The producer showdown. No, we're uh, yeah, we're doing. Uh, so we haven't really talked about this. I think we kind of hinted that we would leave it, you know, to be disclosed on the first episode mm-hmm. or something along those lines. Um, but yeah, so for this season, uh, we're doing Richard Linklater. Your favorite Texan, your favorite my, te- my favorite yeah. Texan director. Yep, it's there, an easy there's one. Not many, <laughs> but uh, yeah. And who Brent, are you doing? Brent shows uh, Richard Linklater yeah. against um, <laughs> one of my favorite European directors, mm-hmm. um, Nicholas Winding Refn. 
Yeah, dirty foreigner. So we got a we got a good <laughs> Texas boy versus a dirty foreigner. You know, I, I you guys like, be the judge. I feel like Re- Reffin's probably more Texan than um than Link later ever will be. Whoa, I, I don't know where that's coming from, but it's an interesting take. Violence, it's a, the hottest take, I think. Okay, I'm just causing some controversy. Yeah, yeah. Because the reason why we chose these directors is because mm-hmm. they're controversial directors. Yeah. You know, many people like when we did the last season. You, we can all agree that um, Spielberg and Kubrick are universally liked. Like no one can disagree yeah. about their impact on film and their and that their films are legitimately amazing. Mm-hmm. While yeah. um, Linklater and Rifen are a little bit more. Um, controversial mm-hmm. you know like you, you can't you can have you can get your dad and or or your mom and sit them sit them down and watch either a kubrick or a spielberg film you know you can find the right mm-hmm. film for anybody to watch with yeah. those guys but it takes it's like these these directors are more of an acquired taste yeah, yeah they're more an acquired taste more experimental mm-hmm. uh they play with the medium in uh, some very either, different ways. Yeah. yeah, it's either a hit or a miss with a lot of people, with these both directors. Mm-hmm. And that's what we wanted to accomplish here for season two, was trying to find uh, directors that we both love that are a little bit more on the fetish side of things. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't mean that in a <laughs> derogatory yeah. sense. but something, Not even a, not a sexual way, not, but just... Uh, oh, in a yeah. very sexual way. Okay, well, I jerk off to to reference yeah. all the time um no yeah yeah it's we wanted to choose like kind of these niche um directors that we both love that is, that are not university liked you mm-hmm. know it's like yeah. this 50 50 thing you either love them or hate them yeah. and uh and if any of you guys are familiar with either either of the director's films you know that it's they're not um they are very controversial. Yeah, and I mean, just to kind of set the table a little bit more for people who, uh, you know, maybe listening to this who aren't well versed in the names of directors, which are mm. I, I would venture to say probably most people, honestly, oh, yeah, especially yeah. beyond Kubrick and Spielberg. That 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 season, those two directors are right. very like everybody knows these guys, but mm. those are like the two directors that like if you know any, you know those two. Um, right. I mean, just to give you like a sampling of kind of what they've done, I'll say Linklater's. Maybe you want to say Rifens, but sure. uh, Linklater's done. Um, you know, as you. you if you downloaded this episode, you saw Slackers, obviously. It's the first Linklater movie uh, that we're watching. Um, he did movies like Dazed and Confused, mm-hmm. Waking Life, um, School of Rock, uh, Everybody Wants Them is his most recent mm-hmm. one. He did Boyhood. Um, I feel like that movie has a lot of, like, a lot of really people. Boyhood's really the what everyone The big one. Yeah, with. like people are probably I mean, really familiar with Barry, that one. God bless Barry's soul. Barry Obama. Mm-hmm. You know, he loved that film. Did he really? Yeah, he actually. Yeah, Barack Obama said he he really enjoyed Boyhood. Oh, okay. When it came out, yeah. Yeah. And uh, R.I.P. Obama. Yep, R.I.P. We really we miss you every day. Every every day <laughs> we say a little every, prayer. Every waking life. <laughs> yeah. Every. <laughs> that was a bad. That was uh, bad. I mean, 20, 2017, Every day I'm just waking up dazed and confused <laughs> as to the current state of Sometimes affairs. Sometimes I want to drive away from this yeah, country. Well, you, 
get a little you're putting the cart before the horse there, Chief. What movies did uh, did Rifen do? Right, just like the the pun intended. Yeah, uh, Drive, which many people are aware. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty much it's his most movie. popular film. Yeah, is Drive mm-hmm. um, with with your boy Ryan Gosling with mm-hmm. hit films such as The Notebook. Mm-hmm. And other ones as well. Uh, upcoming Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Oh yeah, I'm excited. I'm legit for. excited. Yeah, for that, I can't wait to. For sure. But yeah, I mean, uh, Rifen's not really known for for a lot of his films. I mean, because a lot of people he he made this film called Only God Forgives, which is an extremely controversial movie, and a lot mm. of people were expecting that film to be along like the lines of Drive because they had Ryan Gosling. I was too the first time, and stylistically, yes, too, mm-hmm. um, which is fair, but. Um, Only God Forgives will be on this season, so we'll get into that mm-hmm. when we get there. But yeah, so on that note, we can we can start talking about. Uh, well, what other movies has he done? I, I feel like it'd just movies? be good to. Oh well, yeah. Um, his most recent film was uh, The Neon Demon, mm-hmm. and I I think that got a fair amount of of coverage. I don't think. Yeah. Too, I don't, I don't know. It was really critically divisive, I think. But I mean, he yeah. did. Bronson, which I love, that movie's great. Um, what a, he did, like one, what's the one with Mads Mikkelsen? Um, oh, um, oh, he was in, in Europe. He was renowned for um, this film called um, God. What was it called? Well, there's the it, Pusher trilogy. Yeah, right? Pusher. Okay, that's it. I'm sorry. Yeah, Mads Mads Mikkelsen, who you guys probably seen in Rogue One as the mm-hmm. dot, the protagonist's uh, father. Death Star man, man working on the Death Star. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He he was in he was in Rogue One, and he really got a start thanks to uh, Rifen actually because of the Pusher trilogy. And to, I, I've seen Pusher, and he's he's not like how he is in Rogue One. I'll I'll tell you that. Like, <laughs> yeah. he's a really versatile actor. He's a that great guy's actor. Great. Yeah. yeah, especially in the Hunts, which is a I could not finish that film by the way. Really? That's one yeah. that I've been meaning to watch, but like I hear is like hard. it is. It's hard. It's a yeah. hard. Like if I don't if mean you that, stop like I don't before mean the that, end, like um, in a bad way. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, it's just that okay. The 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 film in itself is just like it's a hard topic, and you have to endure like what uh, this character goes through, and I just couldn't do it. Mm. It wasn't because it was gory. It wasn't because um, just the uh, subject matter. The subject was so, matter. Yeah, that's and what I hear. Yeah, it's just it's really uncomfortable, and not in a not in a not in a viewing sense. It's mm-hmm. just like you just the subject matter makes you just feel terrible. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. the things involved. But I mean, you should give it give it a shot if you can handle it. But I couldn't, mm-hmm. which is weird for coming from me who can handle a lot of things. Yeah. But, for sure. Anyways, yeah. Uh, so today we, Brent and I, we watched the film um, on uh, Linklater's first film, Slacker, mm-hmm. uh, which was made in 1991. And I just want to say real quick, I, I I haven't even talked to you about this, but okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, how do you feel about like going with the selections that we've picked, but chronologically, because that's kind of where I was coming from with this one. I was like, I was like, which movie do I oh, feel you're, like you're I want to start? You're putting this on the record here. Well, so I, gotta, I but I, I know if you know. But the thing <laughs> is, like, I'm totally game for whatever. Like, if you say no, then 
we'll do whatever. I, I guess next. we'll find out on the next episode. Because <laughs> if we were going chronologically, I guess we'd go with Bronson next. I guess. I think Bronson. Yeah. Bronson would probably be the next one, which is yeah. probably Bronson. So, but I don't know. I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm not gonna hold you to that. Yeah, right we'll now, see. But we'll, we'll see. see. Yeah. I'm just excited to see Drive again. That's all. I yeah. Want, I wanted to watch that. Yeah. Oh, spoiler, spoiler alert. Spoilers mm-hmm. on a card. Doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> anyways. That was a good joke. Thanks. Uh, I wanted to give our, our patented um, our patented category. We, oh, we, we, we filed it with the patent office and we came back all clear. <laughs> it's good. We spent $5,000 on it. Only ones who can do this. <laughs> By no the other way, podcast. no other podcast can do this. Our patented squeaky clean um, IMDb. Airtight. <laughs> airtight <laughs> plot summary yep and uh today we we were i want i want to go with a kind of a, a smaller one because okay it, yeah, yeah and this is given to us by mystic 80 on imdb plot summary page for slacker a day in the life of Austin, Texas, as the camera roams from place to place and provides a brief look at the overeducated, the social mis- misfits, the outcast, and the oddballs. Well, that's that's wow. a pretty tight. No, that's tight a one. that's a really concise summary of this movie because right. this movie is <laughs> very um, experimental. It's very. Uh, like first feature film, you know what I mean? Like it's, um, yeah. I mean, what, what are your, your thoughts on, uh, on Slacker? What, what do you think? Cause I mean, we had fun watching it. Oh, we were man. cracking up throughout because of the it's like, wacky character. Where do you start with, with a film? This film is structurally, um, uh, anarchistic. Like it, it's supposed to be, like an anarchy film, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. So I guess I, I guess I would start from just um, what it's supposed to entail because the film goes from person to person. It's a, it's like, you know that feeling when you can't go to sleep at night when you when you're trying to go to bed mm-hmm. and you are just thinking of random things and it goes from one thing to another. Yeah, you know what I mean. Oh wow, that's that's a really good yeah. And this I is like that. Yeah, that's kind of how this film is. It mm-hmm. just they all all the all the separate stories that are involved in this film are all connected, but just because of happenstance. <laughs> yeah, you know, just about coincidence. Mm-hmm. I guess the from the macro perspective about this film, it is just about like it's supposed to be a commentary on anarchy from what i gathered from it you know mm-hmm. just uh because there's a lot of dialogue of some um anarchy anarchy dudes you know mm-hmm. commenting on anarchy um and just the free flow of thought you know yeah. in this film and especially when you know link later himself had his little uh monologue at the beginning mm-hmm. referencing um it opens different with universes. he's the first character that we see yeah which it's like in like when I think about it, that's a really interesting way to start your first movie is to show yourself and then to have yourself introduce 
the ideas that are going to be in the following movie, which happens to be your first movie that I'm you make. I'm really glad that he had that monologue, though. Yeah. Because yeah. if he didn't, I think this would be a shit art house film. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that, yeah. Because at least, like, his monologue sets the sets the tone of what you're going to get into. And expectation. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't feel like it's pretentious in that way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it never felt pretentious. In fact, like, you and I were talking about <laughs> how this movie... Like halfway through, we were like, "Oh, this! Oh, this is the the Austin Tourism Board. Uh, oh, they boy. made a they made a commercial oh, for Austin because like this was filmed what about twenty six years ago now? Yeah, which is crazy to think about. But Probably like in 1990, yeah, like around when we were born, and mm. like it still seems like the same place. Yeah, let's get into let's get into that really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole time, you and I were just talking about how. This is just Austin. Like, is this even is this even like yeah a movie about anything else other than Austin? Almost. I know it's more. I'm being facetious on that. Yeah. Point. But it's just like, like if you were to go to Austin right now, mm-hmm. let's you know get your boys go into your go into your uh, Honda Civic. You know. Yeah. Drive up to Sixth uh, Street. You're gonna encounter park the car, park the and car just hop anywhere. out and walk around. Yeah, <laughs> and you will see the movie Slackers. Yeah, and you <laughs> will Slacker, be rewatching or watching the movie Slacker for the first time. Not Slackers, mind you. Yeah, not yeah. the nine, the, the two thousand three <laughs> hit starring comedy Jason film. Schwartzman. That's a movie, by the way. Look it, it is. Up. <laughs> we got it mixed up for a little bit. Um, no, but yeah, it's fascinating because this movie uses. Like, Slacker is one of the best movies for utilizing a setting that I've seen, I think, just, like, period there. Like, mm. th- like this movie utilizes the setting of Austin so well because I don't think, and me and you talked about this also, like, I don't think doing this type of movie in a lot of other cities would make sense. No. But the thing no. about Austin is it's so... Uh, what's the word idiosyncratic and like so unique and you can just what like and i've had these experiences i don't even live in austin i've visited there and i've like played a couple shows there and like you just walk around um on like anywhere and you just meet people and you have conversations and you're just like did that just happen that was really weird and that's kind of what this movie is like bottling up mm -hmm. into one thing yeah not even about like what you're doing in your life Mm-hmm. You know, mainly just about ideas and just having those uh, spiral out into just different other ideas. I mean, one scene in particular was this uh, this guy who bumped into an old friend and she came down from, from Dallas. And yeah. I can say without a doubt that that was the most, um, the most normal conversation where he's like, oh, what have you been up to? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I've been in Dallas and I, you know, was in surgery or whatever. Yeah. And that was the least thrilling uh, conversation was actually talking about what, when, what's been going on, on in their yeah, life. Exactly. That's what's so fascinating about this. Cause like this film is about people who kind of ignore their, their own life and allocate their, 
allocate their uh, lack of doing something mm-hmm. into these into uh, meaning. Is that well mean? into these kind of almost um, random random topics? Mm-hmm. You know, like whether it be about anarchy or about Madonna's pap smear, you know, like really getting obsessive <laughs> about things that don't necessarily pertain to what's going on in your life. Yeah. Because it's like this almost like nihilistic sense where it's like nothing in life really matters. So let's just obsess about these. Um, yeah. Random things random that we things find that, interesting. Yeah. That, that don't that really seem... matter and apply to your life. You so know? yeah. And more so for me than, Anarchy, this movie was kind of it, it seemed more nihilist to me. And I don't know, maybe those two are those two concepts are more coupled than I think, but um it, it seemed very nihilist in in the sense that uh we're just wandering about and these people all like the the and like you had alluded to, like uh the movie title Slacker is like very telling. Slacker. Yeah, Slacker. The, the, the two thousand three Slacker. Well I said Slacker <laughs> singular. For, yeah, but um, yeah, because because I mean, all of the characters, just about all of the characters in this movie, are what you would deem these days as slackers. And like, if you go to Austin, right, yeah. you know, then you would I'd definitely see a lot of those people there. Um, but it's, it's just like diving into what they find fascinating, and it's just like such an interesting like character piece for what's probably say, 30 at least 30 characters. You could you could take a lot of you could take um either that these people are just taking the drug that is um intelligence and applying it to things that don't matter so they could just distract themselves from the actual reality mm-hmm. of their lives. Yeah. Or you could take it in the sense that reality and how society is structured um is not um is not does not align with how human nature is Mm -hmm. so they're actively rebelling against it with these um superfluous topics Mm -hmm. you know you can take it either way that's what i was gathering from it because i'm not an austinite i'll never I never will be one. But the thing, you know, that's an interesting thing because, like, I I could see you fitting in to Austin. Like, I could see your yeah. type. Like, yeah, I being, could. I could. Yeah, yeah. because uh, and we uh, talked about this too. But like, um, well, I guess like talking about cinema in general, this is a really interesting turn for cinema because um, this movie is really like non traditional. Because, oh, yeah. like, typically you Nothing have movies, like, 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 I'll just say, like, every movie that we watched last season, uh, <laughs> like, they're very traditional. They're rising mostly action, traditional. Rising, um, yeah. rising action, then climax, and falling mm-hmm. action. That's it. Yeah, you know? exactly. Just yeah, story just, structure. Yeah. And even though different, like, both directors did, you know, dramatically different things with the source material, uh, Richard Linklater was one of these directors that came about kind of in the early nineties, I guess late eighties around that time that just wanted, it, it seems like they just wanted to do something dramatically different. Right. You know, they grew up with those movies and like thought we can do something totally different with films. Hmm. And that's, that's like, this movie seems like an experiment. In well, trying it just that. seems like the, the classic case of, uh, 
kind of write what you know, or in this case, like film what you know. Like yeah. I'm pretty sure that Linklater had, was in his early 20s in Austin and was like, well, you know, I don't have a dramatic life like being a soldier in World War II or something like insane mm-hmm. like that. And he's like, well, I'm just going to film my friends and what we talk about and mm-hmm. have this like this flow to it because everything was just so natural in this film like nothing yeah. felt um nothing felt fabricated yeah like, these no, are real people no talking set about pieces yeah no, no pieces. iconic like imagery really mm. um yeah it's like a totally its own thing yeah, there's like what like at least maybe around 50 people i don't know something like that uh, probably around 50 yeah. yeah by the time the movie's done for sure yeah with all their own stories and i'm pretty sure like none of that None of those stories that these people talked about were fabricated. I felt like these are people that these are like all the dialogue was just what they truly believed in and mm-hmm. what they're going through at that moment. I mean, maybe there was a, you know, fixing yeah. here and there, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't sense like acting because this yeah. is an independent film. There was it didn't have much money and there's, I mean, we all like Brent and I know we we've done films with a very limited budget and we don't have mm-hmm. the best people acting and we know what bad, what like cheap acting looks like. And it looks I like Adam and I acting. Yeah, is what it looks like. Exactly. <laughs> but like these people, they were like totally natural at it. I mean, some people here and there were. Yeah, little, there, there were a few but, that I was like, they're saying lines, I think. Yeah. But for the yeah, for the most part, it has a very. Um, almost documentary feel, right? To it. Yeah. yeah, like it, like like it's somebody. I would be interested, and I, I hope this isn't like a tangent, but I'd be really interested in seeing somebody doing a slacker type homage documentary where they're walking around Austin, like literally walking from person to person, and then they start talking to people. I, I feel like it'd be a similar thing. Yeah, maybe not as um, extreme because there are some very. Uh, interesting really out there characters in this movie mm. that i feel like uh at least link later probably no knew. they're they're real y- yeah like austin <laughs> i mean keep austin weird is a real fucking it's a thing. legit thing yeah you, i'm assuming you're referencing like the conspiracy theory like that guys. that guy's one of the they're totally there, real guy. dude yeah yeah no i'm i am pretty sure that guy is a real person he was wearing a batman shirt by the way um, and he was talking. Oh, well, well, I thought you were talking about the JFK guy, the the autistic uh, <laughs> JFK. No, guy. he's probably real too. No, yeah, yeah. And same with the Batman fellow mm-hmm. with the uh, what was his what was his whole spiel? It was about. Um, uh, it was about how humans oh, have colonized yeah. space. We've been on Mars since the fifties. Uh, we've been on the moon since. I don't know. It was basically uh, along like those that. lines. Like but... we're already established out in space, and when climate change comes to a head and we're all about to fry all the rich one percenters will fly up to uh to mars <laughs> because it's all yeah. good up there and we'll all die and yep. the cia is always tracking it down whatever and he was there's no way he was acting that like when i was watching that part yeah because like he was he was doing this for what a good 10 minutes maybe it was like one shot yeah right that's true and that's he was a good going point. off yeah. like and he was totally he into was it, feeling it. Yeah, I was like, that, if that guy is 
an actor, they give him a fucking Academy Award. And why is he not in Hollywood? <laughs> exactly. Because, yeah. like, that was too, that was too fucking real. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's, uh, that's something that, that, uh, Linklater kind of utilizes in a lot of his movies, though, is like, character, I should say, signature actors. moves. Would you say it's a signature move? Oh, well, shit. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I guess so. Uh, well, let's put this down in the, in the, the signature moves yeah. bucket <laughs> for the season. Um, yeah, uh, Linklater loves utilizing actors, and I, I put air quotes up uh, because I, I say that meaning that like people that aren't familiar with acting, people that are just kind of what I'm getting to is that basically they're improvising a lot, mm. and so this is something that he uses in movies like uh, Days and Confused. Everybody wants some kind of movies that are more in this vein, but he yeah. kind of has this other side too, uh, which you know are in movies that we'll talk about this season. I think that's definitely one of his uh, signature moves is getting uh, actors who aren't really actors, like getting people in his movies because like that's something that he's done. Boyhood, in, in actually a lot of his yeah. movies, yeah, Boyhood is a good example. Waking Life, I mean, Waking geez, Life. Uh, yeah. Everybody wants him. He gets actors who aren't familiar with acting because I, I think he feels that he uh, can like mold them to be what he kind of wants them to be, but also they can just improvise and that can be well, great. Yeah. See, that's camera. what enhances his kind of signature move with, because he's literally like a slice of life um, file. Like he, he loves doing slice of life stuff and mm. the best way to do slice of life is to not have Hollywood actors because yeah. if you know this actor, then like it, it, it yeah. kind of takes out that reality aspect to it. Yeah, if you know we were I mean? watching, yeah, if we were watching Slacker, and mm. at the 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 forty five minute mark, uh, fucking Brad Pitt walks in. That is so weird. I was gonna say Brad Pitt too. No shit. That's, yeah, that's same level, dude. You and I, dude. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's why his podcast is so fucking good, you guys. Because we're the same person. We're, we're actually one human being. <laughs> we're actually one person. <laughs> and our voices come together and we're only one person for the rest yeah. of the podcast. No, but uh, yeah, if like Brad Pitt walked onto the screen and started talking about who gives a shit, it could be the <laughs> best, like it could be the best fucking monologue ever. I would be like, this is Brad Pitt. He just this made, like, he, he, has, he hasn't actually experienced that. You know, like, that's what we yeah. think. Well, I'd probably believe it because he hadn't done much yet. Like, he had done... Well, I'm saying if you had and, some, yeah. like, 80s act... I don't know. Who's who's a big... Tom Cruise. He Corey, comes in. Corey Haim. Corey nope. Haim. Bad pull. Bill Paxton. <laughs> um, those guys just coming in doing some, like, Austinite... Tom, Tom Hanks is a good example. Yeah, if Tom Hanks walked on screen doing and started talking Austinite, whatever... Austinite, like, for monologue. One, for one... Nice little throwback joke here. I'd want to hug him. I'd say I'd want to hug this guy. Reference uh, episode beep beep whatever. Six. Edit edit in number I think six. Edit in number because uh, Saving Private Ryan. Six, yeah. Um, but yeah, but also I'd be like, I can't. I don't believe this guy's a human being in this movie. But <laughs> how could you Seth say Red, that about Tom? I Hanks? know. I feel. I want to kill myself now. Like now he's never gonna give us a hug. I know. He's he just no. called him oh, not a no. human being. Oh, no. I ruined Hank, it. Hank I ruined the Tank, it. man. That's the only reason we started this podcast. Yeah, we don't We don't care about movies at all. We fucking hate him. 
<laughs> we wanted to hug Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, where are you at? <laughs> no, but um, yeah, I mean, if if there were quote unquote you know big actors in this movie, I, it would have uh, ruined what he was trying to do. I think. Yeah, exactly. You know? But it's it's not like he would have. <laughs> I don't think he could have acquired the big actors in this, even if he wanted to. Oh no! To. I mean, yeah, that was like, like two hundred k or something. I don't know. Something yeah, like, that. like this. Yeah, this movie had to be. Yeah. Yeah. Real restrained by the budget, but. but I mean, speaking of that, like that's I would say that's almost a signature move of um, Linklater is mm-hmm. being able to make um, something out of so little. Yeah, because to me, Linklater, even with his later films, he his Link uh, later films. I think. Is what thank you for for that. I. Um, Hey guys, it's been fun. Uh, we had a lot of fun with this uh, the, podcast. The joke, We're gonna shut it down now. The uh, joke, uh, really, to end all jokes on the <laughs> director showdown podcast. But yeah, what were you saying? Though? In his later films, um, now I can't get that joke out of my head. I know it's just it's insidious. I'm gonna remember it in the it's future. Insid- now. It's, it's great. insidious. <laughs> his link earlier films would be the okay. Um, I should have saved that. Well, joke we're gonna for... say that. Yeah, you should have. But <laughs> it's too late. Anyways, with his with his later films, he he's he he's pretty. Mm, he doesn't. He, he's really art housey, and I guess I should say that the same with Rifen. Like they don't sacrifice their vision for any sort of budget. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I think the only the only thing that Linklater probably sacrificed a bit was School of Rock because he's probably been given a good amount of money for that one. And yeah. maybe Rifen with, with Drive. But even, even I mean, maybe you're more familiar with School of Rock than I am, but that's the only thing I could see that was maybe a little bit more studio-influenced. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't... Uh... I mean that that's really something that I haven't really thought about too much with Linklater. I don't think that he's ever had a decent budget for his movies. Like he's always been yeah, he's always been struggling. He's always been sense. like an indie director. Right. And something like kind of while we're still in like the signature move space that I wanted to say, um I kind of talked about it before, but like he has he he likes juggling a lot of characters. Mm. Like in in I guess we're we're so we're not going to be watching the before series. That series, I guess, would not fall into that category. Uh, yeah, and because I haven't seen them, so that's a big blind I spot. And but so I, I sighed because I I really love the. Mm. Uh, I've only seen the first two, before sunrise and before sunset. And uh, since we're not going to get into them, I'll just say right now, like. They're one of the most delightful and charming films that I've seen. Like they're, mm-hmm. I mean, I recommend you watching it, Brent. Just to, like, yeah, just see them because they're, it's it's kind of like slacker. They're kind of like slacker in the sense that it's just two people. It's just following two people, right? Yeah, like, following two different, people, different different time like time periods of their life, basically, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, it's like it's like when you first meet someone of you know the opposite sex. Well, I, I shouldn't say that. This is, this is twenty seventeen, Adam. You can, you can, <laughs> you can, you can like whatever sex yeah, you want. Meet somebody, but when that you meet you someone that you're interested to. in and attracted yeah, to, yeah. and 
and how it starts off. It's not like this uh, melodramatic thing, like you know, like in Shakespeare, something in typical rom coms or something. It's not like this, like oh, I, I'm at my cousin's wedding, and yeah. I met. I, I spilled my coffee all over well, you. I'm sorry, madame. Hold, hold on now. You're you're referencing like some elusive like British rom com. I don't what know. What is this? I'm just making stuff as I go. But you, I'm just trying to make the point <laughs> or that weddings and a funeral. I guess I'm I'm, I'm making the point that it's not yeah. some aloof like extraordinary event it's that a, happens. Yeah, it's a brings real people thing. together. It's grounded. Like yeah. in I, I guess like the proposal. I don't know. It was the first film that thought I came up with. And in that one, like, I don't know, Sandra Bullock, like, she's a Canadian citizen, and Ryan Reynolds is a U.S. guy, and they both work together, and, you know, Sandra Bullock's character needs to get citizenship to keep working, so she wants to marry Ryan Reynolds because he's a U.S. citizen. Like, that's, you know, it's an extraordinary circumstance. circumstance Yeah, yeah. With, before um, Sunrise, they just happen to meet each other, and they just start talking, and it's just about their, and you get to know who these people are through like what they're interested in and where these conversations go. And they, and there's not a sort of like the only, the only thing that drives the film forward is that, um, they have to, like, he has to catch the train back to, um, uh, back to the airport so you can go back home to the U S mm-hmm. before, um, sunrise. <clears throat> and that's the whole thing. It's just a day. Yeah. Where he and he just hangs out with with this woman. It's, it's just like a deadline. Yeah, on the, but know. it's just them like really just getting to know each other, and it's, it's a very charming and delightful film. I highly recommend yeah. it. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a good excuse to like why I haven't seen those movies well, yet. Like we don't, just we don't waiting. Ha- we there. didn't have a, a fucking excuse why we didn't see Slacker. Neither one of us saw this film before today. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. It's just yeah. My my thing with. Uh, Linklater, the reason why I picked him is because of mostly Days of Confused and School of Rock. Those are yeah. two of my all-time fi- – like, both of those are my top ten. And this is clearly a director that is doing something that, like, works – like, is, is working for me. Like, I, I really love him <laughs> on a certain level. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, back to this movie, I guess. Um, do you want to talk about a little bit of trivia? Yeah, or let's get into thinking? it. So – the trivia that I found isn't huge. It's not the most substantial. Well, I mean, uh, to be expected for a 1991 independent film, right? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good point. Um, everything I'm finding here is off of uh, you know from our good buddies at IMDb. Hey, good old Mystic 80. Uh, patent, patent pending. Patent pending. Yeah. Well, I thought we got the patent. That's no, this is for this canon. is for trivia. Oh, for trivia. For trivia. So we're, we're, we're waiting on that. that. We're waiting yeah. on that. We're gonna we're gonna solidify that for our podcast and our podcast only. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the movie that directly inspired Kevin Smith to become a filmmaker, and inspired the movie Clerks. And we all know where Kevin Smith ended up. Thanks, slacker. Yeah. So I say thank thanks for the yeah, films. Kevin I'm in Smith. Uh, in the negative camp on this one. I think that uh, what you've done here, Link, later <laughs> is you've created a monster. <laughs> An ego maniacal monster who makes garbage now. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, Clerks is great, and Kevin Smith yeah, can do good stuff. I'll say that. And well, his early that, shit was great. Yeah, I Chasing like Amy rats. and Chasing, Chasing Amy is great. Yeah, um, 
Clerks is seriously one of my favorite films too. Like Clerks is amazing. Clerks is great. And yeah. you could see the similarities with Clerks and Slacker. You for know sure. what? And that's some, yeah, because I looked up this trivia uh, right before the movie, and I can really see the Clerks inspiration mm-hmm. um, from Slackers, like for sure. I can see like Kevin Smith like watching in his house and just being like jerking himself make a off. Mo- oh, oh, Batman! I don't. I have something else that to jerk Batman off to shirt. other than Batman. <laughs> Onto his uh, Batwoman uh, comic books. All over Harley Quinn. <laughs> oh, uh, oh uh, that's his daughter's that's name. That's the joke. <laughs> <laughs> like, why would you name your daughter someone you're sexually attracted to, you fucking asshole? Yeah, you, it's a little you, weird. You hockey jersey wearing <laughs> asshole. But, uh, <laughs> um, no, this is, this, I, th- I thought this was really interesting just from like a uh, production standpoint. So the average movie has 500 to 1,000 cuts in it. This is, so we're talking about like from an editing standpoint. Okay. This movie only has 163. Oh, I can see that. And yeah. almost a third of them come from the last five minutes during the Super 8 scene. Oh, wow. So this cool. movie has like very few cuts. Uh, because yeah, it does like really linger on people. Like that first uh, one you talked about, that one's like a ten minute long shot, like of this guy just like walking. See, that's that's what's so he he might have this might have been his first film, but you could see that this guy he has an eye for filmmaking. Like just right off mm-hmm. with this first film, like yeah, he was. It didn't look. I mean, it did look amateur. But, oh boy, if you look at the films we made, they're way more amateur than this film. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, you can tell, like, this guy, he knew what he was doing with with the camera, you know? Definitely, yeah. I mean... And um, it was like, it's a great film to actually watch for kind of, like, guerrilla filmmaking, mm-hmm. I'd say. You yeah. Know, just having those long shots that still have a lot of uh, meaning and intent because like you can see a lot of schlocky like films and you can see that there'd be um a beat too long on this person or this person uh uh forgot their line or something and you could you can tell as an audience member but this one this film like flows so organically which also ties into the point of the film too mm-hmm. you know the flow of consciousness kind of thing yeah absolutely um I mean, there's not a lot of other trivia to this. I mean, the text read by the old anarchist is from uh, Nietzsche's The Will to Power. Oh, remember how I brought out Nietzsche yeah, in this film? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, because, like, I, I read a little bit of Nietzsche. I know that sounds pretentious. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, that that makes sense. And also how that one guy was, I guess that was his girlfriend. I don't know. They were about to, you remember the one part? With the movie theater where they're gonna go to the movies, and that that guy was like, you know, you it's good to suffer. You should have given that homeless guy like that yeah. quarter and a drink. Like that was very Nietzschean, you mm-hmm. know. So I feel like Linklater picked up Nietzsche and was just like, I want to talk about this shit, you know. Yeah, well, yeah, and that's what um, I was thinking about during the movie too. Is like this seems like the work of a guy who 
<laughs> who really got something at a philosophy class. Yeah. Like who who like who like took or philosophy didn't, actually up. or an exploration. Hey, it, there you, you go. Know? Yeah. I mean that's that's an interesting takeaway too. Like, um, because I can see kind of either side. Like right. this is a guy who either didn't take a lot away, but like did some reading mm-hmm. and like is well versed in like these uh, you know, different stances. Um, or he did, you know, like he's really influenced by it and wanted to kind of explore that in uh, his first movie. Mm-hmm. And so. how it relates to our everyday lives, you know? Yeah, exactly. Because like it's it's funny to just see like the simple act of giving a hobo like a drink and mm-hmm. a quarter brought up a Nietzschean um, observation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not something that yeah. uh, movies really probably to this point outside of the thing is you mentioned French new wave and mm. I can't speak to that at all. Cause I haven't seen oh, I'm any glad of those. You reminded me of Yeah. That. Because the, yeah, the thing is like, I, I have some blind spots as like a, a film geek nerd, whatever. I don't well, know. I mean, it, it, just because you haven't seen, um, French new wave, you probably, you're probably familiar with it anyway. Cause like films like uh, breathless by Godard, um, it's similar vein to, uh, slacker because it's kind of like this, um, amorphous, like plotless line, mm-hmm. you know, and just like how people are in their lives. And it's just like this flow of, uh, events that don't really have a, um, unnecessarily, uh, coherent plot to it, you mm-hmm. know, in a traditional sense. And, I'm just waiting for all those film nerds to have their little glasses on. I say, um, French New Wave is actually defined with uh, <laughs> uh, this and that, and you can shut the fuck up. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure you, you you you've seen at least some French New Wave. Right? Um, I don't think I have actually. Well, one more. I think that's like like very much just like a, a well, blind spot I'll, for me. I'll recommend a couple. Like like yeah. right now. Um, breathless, like that's definitely something that uh, every every film nerd just needs to check out. Breathless, and one of my favorite films, which I can let you borrow, actually, is Eight and a Half. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Eight and a Half. I think it's a brilliant film, uh, and and it was actually you know that that terrible film Nine with one of my favorite actors, Daniel Day Lewis. Do you remember that? The musical? I didn't see that. No, well, I didn't see that. Good, don't. Okay. But it was based on Eight and a Daniel Day Lewis was in it? Yeah. He was a uh, former actor, Daniel Day Lewis, yeah, the one who retired news, today. Sad news. This is gonna be very yeah. out of date by the time people hear this, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're we're gonna Yeah, but um no, Eight and a, eight and a half is is about this director who who is in the like he's made eight films and so he's in the middle, so it's eight and a half, and he's like oh, struggling okay. with like how his career should go. Oh, okay. and it's it's so. What I love about it, I'm sorry we're sidetracking, but I love this film. It's that he drifts between like the drifts between dreams and reality are so seamless in eight and a half. Like at one point, you think you're in reality, and then it'll just seep into these really weird dreamlike sequences, and you're like. Wait, when 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 were we here? Yeah, you know, I love it. I I highly recommend Shit. it. Yeah. yeah, 
I'll let you I borrow need to it. Watch some of those movies. You got a lot of my movies, by the way. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. But yeah, so um, speaking of speaking of um, other directors, mm-hmm. um, this this is gonna be this is gonna be really difficult. Um, but keeping up with our our good our good uh, sportsman. Oh no! What? Are we getting to that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, keeping up boy. with our good sportsman like uh, activities here. Uh, Re- Nicholas Winding Refn's version of this film. <laughs> And the thing that I wrote down, it's not going <laughs> to think the only thing I wrote down about that yeah. was I, I bet Slacker has more, has dialogue that fills at least two Rifen films. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Because I'm gonna it's fucking there. It's I'm going to one up you there and say Slacker has enough dialogue to fill eight Rifen films because... God damn, there's probably... I said at least two, you fuck. Well, I'm saying at least eight. I'm fucking (laughs) up in the bar here. I'm up in the ante. Because, god damn, everybody's quiet as fuck in these movies. Well, that's not for all of them, but... See, that's that's an interesting thing that I've already... I'm starting to kind of percolate in my brain now. It's kind Mm -hmm. of like, now we're, we're actually versing off between extroverted film and introverted film. Because Rifen yeah. is ex- incredibly introverted mm-hmm. in his films, like you always have at least one silent like character in his films, mm-hmm. and then Jesus Christ, the fucking director wouldn't shut the fuck up at the beginning of Slacker. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, like... it really set the stage for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. Well, I mean, that's a really interesting thing to bring up uh, because originally I had a different director in mind. Uh, oh, and you, man. you always had rife and you'd stuck by your yeah. guns. But the thing is, I don't think, I don't think it's too different in the sense of, well, to say style versus substance sounds very, uh, like, like I'm diminishing, uh, rife a little bit. I mean, but I mean, I will. Rife uh, is very like stylistically yeah, focused. I'll meet you like, there because I mean, that's why I chose rife is because like fetish things because mm-hmm. like I'm totally cool with like very stylistic film mm-hmm. if I'm into his style and even if there's not much substance to it I'm having like a great time with his style yeah and that's why it's like I am okay with only God forgives mm-hmm. you know and thing and uh, the neon demon and stuff that are heavy style yeah and it's like I understand like there there's different there's different modes you can be in when you go into a film. You can, you can, um, you know, sit down and watch like something like 2001 and really derive a lot of substance from it. Mm-hmm. Or you can like get into Rifen and just have like a really great like time. And there's nothing wrong with either mode. It's just like depending on like what do you feel like doing, what do you feel like experiencing today. That's the where, beauty of where film. was this Adam last season? Is what I want to know. Well, that was <laughs> uh, it, well, like I feel like with last season we were a lot more. Yeah, because we were, we were, we're more passionate. We were more passionate. No, for about sure. I was. Yeah, we both were for and, sure. And there's a lot more weapons available to fight about with Spielberg and Kubrick. For sure. You know what yeah. I mean? There's. Well, yeah, those are classic directors. Both of mm. um, studied. How how old is Rifen? Do you know how old Rifen is? 
He's probably, probably 40s, 40s, right? Yeah. And uh, Linklater, it's I like think 50s, you said, was 50s. Yeah. So, I mean, for directors, like, in terms of directors, like, they're relatively young. Like, they're... Mm. Um, I mean, Linklater has a lot of... He has more movies than Rifen, like, under his belt. But, I mean, he has hits and he has misses. Like, he has bad movies. Mm. Um, but, uh, I mean, well, shit. We were talking about Rifen's version yeah, of let's Slackers, just take a, right? Yeah, let's take a stab at it, literally. So, early on in the movie... And this is like all stream of consciousness uh, in the in the vein of Slacker, as the movie that we just watched. So really off the cuff, I'm um, just gonna oh, improvise shit. something. I'm sorry, I gotta Im- interrupt you right now. We're gonna have some fireworks, everybody. Oh no shit! <laughs> it's a bad. Really? So, yeah. Oh shit! Is that gonna, gonna like have... fuck this up? I mean, it won't fuck this maybe, up. but if you hear fireworks, we'll just yeah. Add them I mean, post anyway. Just it's gonna make <laughs> it's gonna make what I'm about to say so much more explosive. Wow, did you really, like really have it timed? Yeah, it's always. If you guys don't know, Adam lives right next to Fiesta, Texas. Fiesta, uh, Texas. Fiesta, Texas. <laughs> and so there are fireworks now, but I don't think that's. I, I really don't think that. it's I'm much. pretty sure. Um, that's kind of loud. But <laughs> no, no, no. Here's the thing: in Slacker, early, like very early on, uh, Richard Linklater gets out of the car, and he's like kind of walking down the street. Out of the taxi, I should say. Yeah. He sees a woman on the ground. Her son just hit her and like spun back around. I think Rifen's version would have been like a very stylized, like focused on him. Heavy synth, like fucking playing. Yeah. I took that from Stranger Things. But yeah, like he would have like smashed her with his car and it would have been him like fucking like running from the cops after he killed her but and... then no i think i know what would happen it would still be the stream of consciousness shit yeah. it would be like violent shit you know what i mean oh, okay. like just going from crime to crime just kind of like oh, like changing keeping hey that's that's brave. our that's our film now right don't take it away yeah we're gonna write it. that script <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do slackers but violent because it's going to have, like, a club scene. Like, it goes in the club. And oh, it's like, fuck. Yeah, it goes oh, into the bathroom. And a guy did, like, a line of Coke. And he's wearing, like, a white fucking suit jacket. And they're talking about Nietzsche. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're still saying the same crazy dialogue. But he turns around with, like, a fucking baton. But and, instead like, of Austin, it's in Tokyo. Head. Oh, shit. Oh, dude. Yeah. Sign me the fuck up for no, this, this film. No, this movie... The <laughs> thing about this season is I think we're just going to be making movies that we need to we see. We need to see. Because, <laughs> like, holy shit, that'd be amazing. Oh like, a, a Tokyo version of this, like, all subtitled. Yeah. But the thing is, there's not even much dialogue because mm. it's all action. It's all visual because, like, that's what he does great. Right. But it'd and, still be the stream of consciousness stuff. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? Yeah, I think we really nailed on what would rep. And I was I surprised. So. No, I me too. I, I had it's actually good. When I started jumping into that, I had nothing. I was like, I'm gonna make. I, something I up. had to just, I, because I, it just popped in my head. I was like, this is what's gonna happen. This is yeah. what it's gonna be. It's fireworks, baby. Hey, because there's fireworks outside. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah I, I think that's what it would be, and uh, let's write that film up. Yeah, dude, I would watch the fuck out of that movie, like mm. a very just like meandering, uh, slacker, you know, days and confused story set in fucking Tokyo, but it's like violent as shit, and it's all in one dude. day. You know what I mean? Oh like, man, 
That'd be sexy, dude. Fuck, dude. I'm legitimately like wanting to see this movie. Like sad that it doesn't exist. doesn't exist, exist. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) Fuck, dude. I don't know. But yeah, I I, I can safely say we we really nailed that one on the head there. I think so, yeah. (laughs) But I think Slacker was probably the easier of the other films that we uh, might be watching here. That's true. I'm just, like, I'm just now we'll cross, trying to think. We'll cross, that we'll cross those bridges, bridges when yeah. we get there. Yeah. But yeah, um, I wanted to get into, uh, since since we're getting a little close to the hour mark, let's get into uh, historical context for a bit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I feel like we covered a little bit in just the, the whole the Austin commentary, but uh-huh. um, I'll just reiterate that this was made in 1991, and a lot of the people were commenting on how, when I was looking it up, like, this is a great, this is like representation of what Generation X was like, mm. you know? Yeah. Kind of like what are you, like you, you and I, our parents, you know, mm-hmm. like what, what the culture was like. And when I thought a little bit more about it, um, it, since this was 1991, it had to be some sort of um, um, reflection of what people experienced in the 1980s. So mm. kind of like a recoil of the 1980s. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, when you think 1980s, you think of, like, American Psycho, like, the yuppie. You think, the, like, Reaganomics. Reaganomics. Like, yeah, people like just everyone, having a fucking blast all the time. But yeah. always were goal-oriented. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, that's, that's really interesting, yeah. Like, everyone, like... You got to go check those stocks. We got to go buy that real estate. Mm-hmm. I got to make the money. I got to do coke really you get, quick. You get that new job, Timothy? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I work for uh, um, uh, Dogs and Associates. Dogs and Associates. I hear that's a great lawyer firm. Lawyer firm? Yeah, I got 20% stock there. And, blah, and dogs, I, I hear the dashings are up this year. Yeah, and it would be always, you know... <laughs> I'm glad that we yeah, killed yeah, that we, one. We yeah, did. killed that because like it was gonna get really bad. <laughs> like, I no, know. I looked at I looked at my Reservoir Dogs posters. Like, okay, I'm going with it. Because <laughs> I was the like, what's Rob Master right here? <laughs> Adam Dolphin, uh, Improv I'm, King. So listen to our 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 Director Showdown podcast. You'll be hearing more jokes on that vein. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. The point was is that you know everyone was super goal oriented and they wanted. They had something to do, and they wanted to progress their career, and their career was their life. Yeah. And in Slack, Slacker, I keep wanting to say Slackers, but Slacker, it's like this counterculture, this this recoil yeah. from that idea where, like, why should I have to sacrifice me myself as an individual for to, to get a career that I hate or something. Yeah. Well, you know what? And even you just saying it just now, I mean, this movie is all about these people that are like very disenfranchised, like 91 that like, there's a reason that the grunge movement was huge in the early nineties. Like, like I feel, I feel like slacker and fucking Nirvana go like hand in hand. Like they were like for the same audience, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And they were all about, yeah, exactly. Saying like "fuck you" to the '80s, mm. like "fuck you, Reagan." Like mm. we don't need this structure. Like we don't want to be put into these um, kind of like compartments. Like we want to create our own identities, basically. Yeah, I'm not and just I, a, a citizen of 
the society. You yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly, yeah. That's why, you know, the whole anarchy, that's why a lot of a lot of the people involved had a lot of anarchistic, like, arguments, you know, like, mm-hmm. being a, an individual. So, yeah, yeah I mean, um, I mean, it's really just, I think it's, this is probably, it's probably the best representation of the 90s. Like, because I don't yeah. like the 90s, honestly. I guess, yeah, like, 90s I'm, I'm weren't not, great, yeah. But um, if you want whatever percolated to the top of all the shit in the 90s, Slacker is probably the best out of it. Yeah, I mean, not a lot of good stuff in the 90s. Not a lot. Uh, But the thing is, like, Slacker really represented what the 90s was and would grow to be, Mm. I think. Like the fact that this is like pre Pearl Jam, this You're is right. like this is like pre Nirvana. Like Nirvana was nothing yet. Like so, can we say this? We can blame Slacker for all the shit bands that came out. <laughs> I mean, Ooh, Nirvana lost, lost a couple Nirvana's of a great lost a couple of li- lis- yeah, there. yeah. There's just one or uh, two. Nirvana, Nir- <laughs> Nirvana, Nirvana fan sixty nine <laughs> is listening. Hey, you know, I know you and I, dude. <laughs> fucking, he's he fucking tore his shitty fucking nineteen ninety eight ear headphones off and threw <laughs> and them his on the blood ground. Just like flies out because his headphones co- come in contact. Exactly. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking done with director showdown. Yeah, fuck these guys. I'm gonna listen to fucking Pearl Jam now. <laughs> hey, Nirvana fan sixty nine, we hear you. We love you. All right, no, we're, we're not don't. attacking. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I no, legitimate. But think you should kill. Yeah, yourself. no. Slacker was a. I mean, just a maybe final thoughts section. Yeah, yeah. Um, closing arguments. Yeah, sure. I mean, Slacker was a really fascinating like. A uh, time capsule that, like, I've I've never I've never seen this movie. Um, I've always been a fan of Linklater, and I know he didn't do Days and Confused until um, a couple of years later. But it was it was a really like it makes sense for the director that I that I know as Linklater. Like, it makes sense as like his first movie. It's very. Uh, it's. It, I could definitely see this guy going on to do Waking Life, right? You know what I mean, and kind of like these wandering conversational mm. movies that kind of meander about. Uh, but I mean, it was it was really entertaining too, because like uh, just being from Texas, like it being focused on Austin, and just like just seeing the people in the movie as like people that I may or may not have seen in like real life, you know, being in Austin or living in Texas. Right. And it's, it was just, yeah, it was fascinating. It was really entertaining. Um, I thought it was great. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What, are, what, what about you? Yeah, I agree on all those points really. Um, it's actually a really funny film mm-hmm. and there's a lot of, I mean, I guess the truth is always funny, right? Like these are, Real people, yeah, really giving away their uh, their life stories out. Um, on a filmmaking perspective, it's super unique. I love it. It's very, it's very flowy and expertly done for an amateur. I know that sounds yeah contradictory, but he did a damn good job on his first film. Mm-hmm. You know, like you tell it's an amateur film, but I wish I could have done that right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you it's really I mean? interesting because, like, intention and execution, I think, are different 
for this movie because the how do I explain it? I don't know. It's like <laughs> I feel like the intention execution worked hand in hand. I'd say because the flow of consciousness sort of thing again, the flow. I guess that's what I'm trying to yeah. yeah trying to say is that like it played into what he wanted to do with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like it's the fact that it's amateurish is intended basically is all I'm yeah. trying to say. That's yeah. what was so great that he used his um, limited budget to actually aid the intent that he was he was going for. He didn't try to make a shark movie yeah. with a bunch of different sharks that, was, that broke down. Right. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just shitting on myself now. Yeah, that's, I'm sorry guys. That, that's that's <laughs> you're doing it to yourself. There, I know, Chief. I know, I know. It's all me. <laughs> but yeah, um I have to totally reiterate what you said about the whole Austin thing like I grew up in Texas as well. I, I've been in Texas most of my life. And man, it's just like, it's just like really great to just, just see like, I know, I know this is Austin and it's yeah. really funny to, to just be reminded on how Austin is. And, it's, and I, I didn't bring it up yet, but it's like Austin is the exact same fucking thing still. Yeah, man. Speaking of time capsules, time like capsule. holy shit. Thing yeah. like it is the same now. Yeah, the style, style? has like circled back around. The fashion to be slacker fucking, now. Yeah, basically. Or did it ever change? That's a good point too. I feel Maybe like it didn't. I feel like in Austin, you, they've always been this way. I feel it's like Never Neverland up in Austin. Yeah, <laughs> it's you'll always be slacker, slacker, slackerville. Yeah, yeah that's Austin's new name. <laughs> like. A, <laughs> If you don't ever want to grow up and wear the same goddamn thing over and over again, <laughs> go to yeah. Austin. Move up there with a, a few buddies mm. into a house mm. that you pay uh, minimal rent for. Mm. And, uh, yeah. I know it sounds biased that we, you know, you and I, Brent, you and I, like, live in Texas, so we're, we enjoyed the film, I think, more than other people would in that sense. Yeah, that's probably true. Because that's how I yeah. felt about Boyhood. Because, like, Boyhood... I, I like slacker more than boyhood. Oh, here comes the grand finale. Oh, geez. oh shit! But um, <laughs> <laughs> the we enjoyed it more because we lived in Texas, mm -hmm. so we kind of picked up on all those like idiosyncratic things about Texas. Yeah, and so we enjoyed it more because, like, I think Boyhood is is um not the best film ever, um, but I enjoyed it because like. I experienced like what the character was going through because I live in Texas mm -hmm. and same with slacker. Um, I know how Austin is and I've seen those people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's why I enjoyed yeah. Slacker. But I will say that you don't have to be from Texas to enjoy slacker. Slacker is a great film. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like I, I would even say like, I'd, I'd just say like, if you like clerks, You'd probably like yeah, Slacker. Exactly. Uh, if you like, if well, if you've slice seen Days and Confused, yeah. yeah slice of life I mean, film. any movie that kind of like, yeah, is a slice of life film. Uh, but Days yeah, Confused, it's not for out. everybody. This film's not for everybody. No, yeah, it's not. It's yeah. not. It's no, uh, no Jurassic Park. There's no. <laughs> it's no. Uh, I was gonna say a, sh uh, a Kubrick movie that's for everybody, it's but they're kind no, of all not. The know. Shining. Shining's pretty for everybody, I'd say. At least it was designed yeah, to be. I guess so. 
I, I guess Kubrick and Spielberg, both of them are kind of more, uh, what's the word, broad yeah. in terms of their appeal than both of the directors that we picked. Absolutely, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. These are more, like, our directors now are niche. A bit more niche. Yeah. You know? And that's kind of, uh, well, that's going to be the trend this season for mm. season two. And then we'll see what happens season three. Mm. Uh, we've got some ideas, but um, yeah, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's going to wrap it up for Slacker, guys. It was a good movie. I'd definitely check it out on Amazon if you can rent it or it's find only, it only somewhere. Three bucks on three bucks. Amazon. Yeah. So not too bad. But um, lol, we didn't have many conflict here. It's funny. Because that movie didn't have much conflict in it anyway. Well, there, yeah. I mean, there's not a lot to, I don't know. Hey, yeah. fuck you, asshole. All right. You're just a dick. Cried. <laughs> you just start. <laughs> and then I finish out the podcast. All right, guys. It's fucking Bren here. Uh, Adam's crying like a bitch. Little bitch. Because <laughs> better. But anyways, um, so check out um, the other podcasts that we have at Fan Films. I mean, at Sticker Fridge. <laughs> Fuck. Um, no, check out Fan Films. We just did um, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Mm-hmm. I think that's already. That's By already the time out, this yeah. is out, we're gonna have some more episodes. Like Enemy will be done, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna say this now. I okay. might be speaking a little All bit right. too soon. Okay. Uh, this being Brent, uh, my wife and I have been doing a podcast. Oh. It's called The Vandergrumps, and it's all about Vanderpump Rules, and it's gonna be up. Uh, probably who, pretty who soon. Who needs marriage counseling when you have this? Exactly. Exactly. When you have me and my brand new bride, Amy, talking about this show, this ridiculous show that I'm not a fan of, but it's 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 a lot of fun to watch for the purposes of doing a podcast. And uh, we talk a little bit about relationship stuff. It can be kind of cool. Hey, I have a podcast with my non-existent wife. Oh no! <laughs> it's just me talking into a mic. <laughs> Adam and I watch Vander- Vanderpump, whatever it is, and I just talk about it by myself. <laughs> and I just like, hey, That's so sad though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what'd you think of that? episode wife and that's just silence like oh that's cool that's a good opinion <laughs> i thought the same thing because we love each other <laughs> i almost want to just do that just to that c- would be very funny but it might also <laughs> kill meta. your soul <laughs> it's too much yeah it's, well i'll wait until you guys get a million <laughs> followers then I'll, I'll follow that up yeah i will i don't know man we'll see if the, the yeah. vanderpump rules crowd catches <laughs> on or if anybody wants to i've check never that heard of that show until it's, like you it's told fun me about it's it. uh i'm i'm the thor fish out of water character on that podcast and she knows everything <laughs> so it's kind of fun no that's fascinating yeah, yeah. so it's like this reversal thing because when yeah. she's on, she doesn't know too as much yeah, about, about film movies. as we do. So yeah, yeah, and it was fun to like delve into like her side of that. And, For sure. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, what do we? So as far as uh, wait, don't forget. Um, yeah. Check out our buddies at um, Delphin Pod, uh, Revenge of the Sequel. Um, mm-hmm. I they just did one on um, 
I think Wonder Woman was her latest episode. It was a good episode. As of this taping, yeah. Yeah, as of this taping. And I guess, Wonder, yeah, Wonder Woman is a sequel, I guess. Yeah. It's yeah. technically a sequel. Franchise sequel. Yeah. But yeah, they're they're great. They're funny dudes. Um, be sure to check them out. So. Yeah. Um, I was on the Hellboy 2 episode, and Adam, oh, by yeah. the time you That's hear right. this, will be on the... Escape from L.A. Sequel to Escape from New York, the one of my favorite films. So. Yeah, you can hear us both arguing with each other through different episodes of a podcast. It's <laughs> yeah. great. It's this weird, it's this weird form of arguing. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> we do it when the other person isn't there, and then the other person does it when you aren't there. It's kind of cool. Yeah, we both cry when we hear exactly. Each other, yeah, so. exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as the D showdown. I'm never gonna call it that again. I hate that. That was the second really I said it. Fucking the bad. director showdown. The director S. Nope, yourself. nothing's good. Uh, what are we gonna be watching next week, Adam? Do you want to say now, or do you want to wait? No, let's or? just save it. Let's okay. Save it. All right. Cool. Let's save it. Just get some suspense there. So yeah, it's cool. All right. Me. On that note, uh, guys, thanks for making it all the way to the hundred and the the hour and ten mark. I hope you guys yeah. enjoyed the podcast, and we'll see you next week. 